Hello there and welcome to the Outside Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games, and all that jazz like there's no tomorrow. This week we're talking about Bullet Train. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined with my co-host John. How are you this week? Hey there, I'm feeling great. I'm very excited to talk about Bullet Train. It's been such a long time since the trailers came out and the teasers. I was so excited about it, so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Bullet Train, briefly explain the plot for those who don't know. Okay, <clears throat> Ladybug is an unlucky assassin who's determined to do his job peacefully after one too many gigs has gone off the rails. That, 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 that's it. Is that, is, that, is that it? That the full? Okay, right. Okay, so all spoilers <laughs> ahead. So if you haven't seen Bullet Train, really do go and see it because, oh man, last week we talked about The Grey Man, which is, as the title suggests, just grey and boring and generic and just like absolutely average in all the worst ways. But yeah. Bullet Train... Bullet Train is what I want to see from action movies. It was such a blast. It definitely was. It was like a combination of everything that you've seen in action films. And it was like so refreshing. It was so vibrant. It was, you know, alive. And it was actually really funny. What we've seen in these past films this year, like The Grey Man, Thor, Love of Thunder and Jurassic World. And they did not exceed expectations or did not smash anything. But Bullet Train exactly just broke expectations and I absolutely loved it. It was such a fun film. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, it's interesting that you, you're listing all these films. I don't think any of them, you know, the only film that's come out in the summer season that I would consider, you know, the blockbuster of the year is kind of Top Gun Maverick, which we did a video on. It's great. But other than that, they've all been pretty disappointing. But Bullet Train is exactly the kind of blockbuster that I want to see. You know, like everything was so stylish, the way that the plot was structured. So every single thing mattered. Like it was so clever with the way that it used action and it built characters. And it was just such a breath of fresh air after just what it has felt like so long, as you said, since like a proper like a really fun film like this. Yeah, as I said, it was just so refreshing. And the plot, as you said, it was just like everything just mattered. There isn't like any characters that were left out or any weird arcs. Yeah, this is coming from David Leach. He did Deadpool 2, uh, which I think is a pretty, you know, solid film. Like, you know, I think it's got some really good action and I prefer it to the first Deadpool. But this, I, I think that this like really stands out due to its originality and the way it brings in a lot of really really fun things like we have a really really strong cast here who are all hilarious and have such strong characterizations especially brad pitt mm. he was just stealing the whole show he had such comedic value in this film he just acted like a goofball but also you know as a assassin or as someone who's unlucky that's the whole idea of this whole film. It's about fate and luck. And it's such a perfect way to, you know, show that to characters and performing that kind of goofball, just like he doesn't know what he's doing and he's just trying to get this briefcase. Yeah, there are many times when Ladybug, Brad Pitt's character, will just kind of encounter somebody and have to fight his way out of a situation. There's a character called the Wolf played by Bad Bunny, who at one point, Ladybug is just about to get off the train and the wolf arrives and Ladybug has no idea who he is, but the wolf's like, 
I'm going to kill you and just starts attacking. And Ladybug literally has the suitcase to defend himself. And you just get a really, really fun action sequence where the wolf has got a knife and is swiping at him. And, and Ladybug is using the surroundings and using the briefcase to defend himself. That's one thing that I love in all the action, you know, as an action movie, a lot of action movies like The Grey Man last week just get really tiresome with set piece after set piece and not doing anything interesting with any of the surroundings and it all being kind of wrapped in CGI. But man, every single action sequence is on the train itself. They make each carriage and all the things like really memorable. There's stuff in the first class lounge in like the place where you get food in the silent car. Like it's really exciting the way that they use the environment around them. And as far as I can tell, so much of it was practical until like you get to the end. And I thought that that was so refreshing to see the choreography and the way that they use like, you know, props and weapons throughout the whole thing. Mm, definitely. I agree. And one of the highlights was there was this animal. I don't know what it was, but it was called a monogami or something. I don't yes, know if yes. I it. Something like that. And that was just like a really fun addition to the film because there was one character, the Hornet. It was a great plot twist. This. So she was in this suit as the monogami. And that was great because that was just like great juxtaposition because that was just unexpected. And we had to like guess ourselves like, where is she? She could be on this train. But then she was the one who <laughs> Ladybug for over the suitcase, you know, just get punched. That squeak, it just <laughs> yeah it's just so funny yeah like when when we first see it it's like it just feels like it's a one-off joke and it's like aha you know they tried to get this suitcase too but then like again they tie it in and you have the hornet revealing themselves in this kind of outfit and like a lot of like the plot threads coming through and there's a very kind of tarantino-esque way that they edit the film Yes. And they structure it. There'll be a lot of times when they will flash back to different events and they will like tell a story. So there are these two characters, Lemon and Tangerine, played by Brian Terry Henry and Aaron Johnson, respectively. Yes. And they are like working together on this train. And there and there and there's a time when Tangerine's like, we killed 16 people to get the guy who they're supposed to be protecting. And Lemon's like, no, we killed 17. And there's this really, really fun montage where it flashes back where like every time they kill them, they mm. turn to the camera and they like, say the number. And it was really, really, really funny and really like exciting and a really cool action sequence. And it was pretty gory as well. And it just kind of hit all these amazing beats and they really used that structure well. There are loads of times when it will cut back to something earlier and it makes you know the characters and the audience's minds click back to that moment and they use it in such a way that doesn't feel forced or like a hey remember this it feels more like that's the way that they edit it like throughout the entire thing yeah exactly and there's so many like flashbacks that was used creatively and it allowed the audience to ease in very well because it can be really tricky for them to get some information but this, this used so creatively and so smart, like get the audience, you know, engaged and like realize, oh yeah, that happened earlier. You know, it just clicks quickly and uh, it's great. I just loved it. And uh, other thing was the, the flashback of the wolf. So I just loved how it was like so dramatic and it was like, there's mm. going to be this foreboding character that was going to be used throughout the film. <laughs> it just looked so ruthless. And then he just died in the most anticlimactic way. He just, just killed himself with just like throwing <laughs> a knife and just bounced on his chest and just stabs his heart and then completely breaks his neck. 
And that's a great way of just expectations of perversion. I will say that that was like pretty anticlimactic. And I do think that sometimes like this film is full of cameos. You know, there's there's a scene with Channing Tatum shows up. Sandra Bullock shows up at the end. You've got Ryan Reynolds in this really like weird like reveal. And you've got Zayton yeah. as, as the Hornet and Bad Bunny as the Wolf. And it does kind of sometimes feel like they don't use all of these people quite as well as they could have, especially when a lot of them were, you know, quite big parts of the marketing. But I definitely feel like, yeah, I liked how some of those flashbacks were really dramatic. I think my favorite one was at the end, they are like in the final <laughs> action sequence. We see this character, the father, he sees a bottle which was used earlier in the movie, which Lemon accidentally drank and it knocked him out because it had like sleeping stuff in it. And oh my God. It was amazing. We then cut to like the story of the bottle framed from the bottle's perspective when this little girl like tries to get it, but it doesn't come out the vending machine. And then Lemon comes along and gets it. And then we see Lemon and Tangerine's like day like from the perspective. We see the entire film basically like in, in short bursts from the perspective of the bottle all leading up to this point where it was then like rolled on the floor and then it was binned. And then like the father happens to be next to the bin and the bin falls over and the bottle rolls out and he notices the bottle and he throws it. And it was just like, Again, everything matters and it's all structured in such a clever way. Yeah, and I just love that. That was a great, fun and smart way of like, like the son of finding a bottle, but it's just like, it was so important the way that Brad Pitt, because he said at the beginning that he didn't want to use like guns or anything mm. because he thought that was going to invert his look because, you know, if you had like weapons or anything, you'll be unlucky. So throughout the film, he was lucky if, <laughs> yes. you, if you see that. He gets bit by a snake. So the snake <laughs> was a very good way of like raising the stakes and the water bottle as well. That it was like very used visually and reminding the audience like there's something that's going to happen out of the blue. And it was like unexpected. So Brad Pitt gets bitten by a snake, but he gets anti-venom because he had a fight with the hornet. So he's like <laughs> panicking. He was like, ah, I'm, he's got bit by a snake. <laughs> And then he goes to the toilet and then the toilet just obliterates him just like using the bidet. And yeah, it just like calls back to him like using the toilet and it's just like he doesn't know how to use it. And it's just great. And then minutes later, he comes back and he just wrote, snake, do not open. <laughs> Love that. I mean, it, I, I love how like there are these. So as you said, you've got the the bottle and the snake as these kind of recurring things that are in the background, like always like this tension. And you've also got a bomb in this gun and in the briefcase. Yes. So you know that, you know, some whoever opens the briefcase is going to explode and same with whoever pulls the trigger of this gun. And that lasts until the very end when the main villain, the White Death, doesn't have any bullets left in his gun. So he uses the other gun and it ends up killing him. And I thought that, you know, again, all these things that came out, it made it just so, so satisfying. It didn't feel like there was a single moment wasted. And like I, I think the, I think the film flew by because of because of the way that they just utilized their time so effectively. Oh, definitely, yeah. There have been like moments that felt so powerful, but you know, amusing at the same time. So there's one scene that I absolutely love when the elder was talking about you know what a ladybug meant in Japan. It's used for luck or. He kind of says that like the ladybug takes in all of everyone else's bad luck. Ladybugs have the the seven sorrows on it, and then Brad Pitt's like. I don't, I don't want that. That, that's not horrible. <laughs> Why well, don't even want that? There's like a shot of him just looking at the sunrise, and it was like the best shots in the film. Mm. Just like he just had enough of it. He's just like, oh great, just <laughs> the elders just telling him about the ladybug, and just like, oh, that's crap. 
the film was beautiful. Like, especially, again, coming off last week where The Grey Man just really didn't have anything visually to offer. This film just looked awesome. As I already said, with the different carriages on the train, you've got, like, neon ones and different colours. That's already awesome. But you've also got, like, the way that they use the sun and especially, like, in some of the flashbacks, like, in the flashback of how the White Death rose to power through the Yakuza, you get like these amazing shots of the white death with like their like devilish mask on in the rain that we cut back to quite frequently and when it all builds up to the final set piece of the movie just the entire way that they shoot it i think is so effective with the music like man we've said this a lot recently but a lot of modern action movies superhero movies that kind of thing will just use a piece of licensed music just for like one scene, just so they can have a um, oh, there goes my dog. They will yeah. use one. They will use one piece of of. Um, I'll wait for her to stop barking. <laughs> oh my god! And the noises. <laughs> There's the, the, the a shot in our bullet train review. They don't want to talk about how good the film is. But yeah, like they will use one piece of licensed music just for one action scene, and they won't even use it that well. But in this. They use it frequently oh. and sometimes the action scenes will be styled with the music and it's just all comes together so well. One of the best licensed songs, I Need a Hero. Yes. Yes. At the end, while the elder was like fighting against the white death in the bullet train and it was like this song, I Need a Hero in Japanese yes. and it's just amazing. It was just used yeah. so well and it just fit in the culture of Japan and, you know, it just felt so right. It was just like, yeah, that, that's what we need. And it's just, yeah. it works so beautifully. And it was just so funny at the same time. Amazing. Yeah, it, it felt like a real Shrek 2 moment. And at the beginning as well, you get Staying Alive by the Bee Gees in Japanese mm. as well. And similar shots to Saturday Night Fever. And there were some really nice callbacks. And again, like this film just uses licensed music in a way that it doesn't feel just like a random trope so they can have their Stranger <laughs> Things running up that hill moment. It just felt like throughout it was really cool and pulpy and fresh and just really, really, really exciting. I'm very excited to listen to the soundtrack again because it is amazing. It just came out now on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is a really, really awesome one. I do think that it adds so much, just like the amount of style that this film gives. And I think that that really, really, really elevates it. And that was really, really cool. I will say that like a couple of the threads definitely were a bit less, like were less interesting. Like the prince who we find out at the end, oh, yeah. she is the daughter of the White Death. Like her stuff was definitely a lot less engaging and a bit condescending really the way that she's kind of like trying to get to him and like the like right at the end after everything has ended you know we get like she comes back she's like now i am the white death and she gets hit by a tangerine truck that, that we later find out that lemon was driving you know like fun stuff but i do think that her scenes were definitely the worst of, of the film yeah i felt like that didn't really you know pick up the narrative as much but I felt like if you just look at the details of like what she's saying, you know, what she meant and like, oh, she meant about like the white death and you know, like how personal it was towards the father. But yeah, her story was just a bit slow with the father as well. So yeah, the father was great, but yeah, the prince yeah. was just a bit not picking up the story as much. Yeah, like I think the best part about the prince was the white death reveal and the whole like gun thing when he shoots himself with the gun that she's rigged. And also like... Yeah. 
she's set somebody to kill the father's son if they don't hear back. But then you find out that the elder also had somebody there. Like the elder was like so, so cool. Like kind of harkening so back cool. to like a samurai and like his backstory. And even when like he get like he enters the train and the train station is all like misty, it was just really atmospheric and just really, really cool to see. And I I loved like when you get to that final set piece, the whole time they purposefully don't show you the the white death's face and we get the reveal that it's michael shannon and just like man he was just so fun in the role yeah the accent was putting me off but he was so good <laughs> in the role of white death and yeah he, he was great and that build up to find out who the white death was he was just like oh wow it's him it's michael shannon the guy who yeah. bizarre yeah we yeah. we were we were in a very 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 empty cinema there was only two other people apart from us and he came and he came in i was like it's michael shannon and you were like what what what, what? it was it was really a, a great moment that was yeah. that was something that i really really liked there was nobody in the cinema so we just got to kind of freak out the whole time and that that definitely <laughs> was made like, it like oh, really like, fun oh, oh oh my god another thing about bullet train was the thomas the tank engine <laughs> oh my the, god yes the whole joke and it was worked so well so lemon and tangerine but well, lemon mostly he was obsessed with thomas the tank engine and he mm. would describe people like these trains diesel percy or thomas and it's like a dichotomy for this whole film you know like you get to find out who these characters are with these <laughs> with these characters from a TV show, Thomas the Tank Engine, it just works so well because it's on a bullet train. It's a train thing that show within <laughs> on a train. The trainception. <laughs> it was it was really cool because the whole time Lemon's like Thomas Tank Engine taught me how to read people. That's why I'm so good at it. And the whole time was like we've got to find our Diesel, like you know the the kind of mastermind behind everything. And there's this yeah. amazing realization when Tangerine thinks that Lemon is dead, and and Tangerine's talking to the prince and is like and and sees that the prince has the Diesel sticker on her, and he's like, "You're the Diesel," and he's this close to shooting her when ladybug comes in and misunderstands it and tangerine ends up dying very very unfairly like i think if i were to change the film i would have had tangerine kill the prince there and then and maybe have the prince reveal her backstory just before she dies because i do feel like tangerine was one of the best parts aaron johnson is so oh, good aaron and johnson like did so well. yeah. it really did and i would like to see him more in the movie so often in films especially like American films, British characters are really annoying because they're so like stereotypical British. And it's like, oh, like, you know, as as a Brit myself, it's just, it's, it's annoying. It's frustrating because they are like really just like dumbed down. But these guys, Ryan Tyree Henry and Aaron Johnson just did so well like just like they were just swearing all over the show and like were just like had some really really funny moments and yeah i just thought they were just a delight to watch yeah and it was like perfect characterization from you know like british perspective he's just like swearing all the time and just talked about like all the weird stuff and he was <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> was they, they, yeah like they're brothers and they're just the whole time they're bickering about random things like at one point tangerine says if you if you talk about thomas one more time i'm gonna blow your brains out <laughs> and that kind of comes back and say like, what did i say and as i did the, the aforementioned moment where they name all the people that they've killed or like even like in like the death moments there are like some really like emotional flashbacks and and the really nice moment at the end when lemon who has jumped into a 
lake, comes out of the lake and he finds a tangerine truck and he's like, nice. And he uses it to run over the prince, which was just like really cool. And we do find out that the White Death orchestrated the whole thing. So everybody was on the train, which I thought was like a really nice way to tie it all together for the final action sequence. Yeah, I realized the idea that White Death thought that Ladybug was Carver. And I thought that was like a great place because at the beginning, Ladybug was like complaining about like, oh, why why are we Carver Colin sick? It's not like high school or anything. He's like talking about like Carver would be in this situation. So it was great to tie him back with that with the editing and like going back at the beginning and making sure that it's staying true to the film. You know, like it stays true and like no weird editing that manipulates flashbacks or anything. It's just works so well. And we got a Ryan Gosling cameo. Okay. Cool. Ryan but Ryan Reynolds, not Ryan yeah. Gosling. Oh my god, did I just say that? You said Ryan Gosling. <laughs> that would be been that would have been better. Actually. Yeah, if it was Ryan Gosling, it, I would have been so happy. But no, it was Ryan Reynolds. The good thing about it is that it wasn't obnoxious. I haven't seen Hobbs and Shaw, but I have heard and I've seen clips of the Ryan Reynolds cameo, and it's really obnoxious and really like. Wait, know, he's he's Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, he's got like an extended cameo. And so does oh. so does so does Kevin Hart. Oh, oh, Kevin Hart. Yeah, I guess to be friends with Dwayne Johnson. Oh boy! But this, Good. I did think that all the cameos were fun. Channing Tatum was funny when you know he's oh, like, yeah. like when Ladybug's like, but I need you to put on my hat and glasses and I'll pay you. He's like, is this is this a sex thing? And then like later on, like he sees Aaron Johnson a couple of times. He's like, oh, this is the sex thing. He's like, oh, look at that man walk. And it's just, it, yeah, it, it was those moments were huh. quite funny. But oh, like, I love that accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it's like. But I do think that they don't steal the show. It still is the characters themselves and the action set pieces. And it gets very crazy at the end with the train going so fast and like crashing into like a village. And definitely at that point, you can notice like a, like that's definitely where the CGI budget went. And like, it does kind of feel a little bit distracting after so much cool uses of practicality. Again, I'm not sure if it is, but it felt like it. But it was a really insane ending. It truly and- was. It was just a, a really fun time, wasn't it? Yeah, such a fun time. And I just loved watching that film. The really unfortunate thing is it's got really mixed reviews. People, like, aren't yeah. that excited about it. But, like, The Grey Man's got, like, a lot better. Like, people really... And I don't understand it. Like, it's so much better. And I know that people would rather watch something on Netflix than go to the cinema. But, man, Bullet Train is 1,000 times better than The Grey Man, which is exactly. a, such a boring boring action movie where bullet train is just like really really awesome man yeah and i just don't get why they don't love the film I, it's such a brand new concept like we got an unlucky character on this train it was unlucky because some guy was calling sick so he has to work his way out and it's such a refreshing film but everyone just found it like it's critics mostly they just found it did, did you remember the one that i sent you yesterday Right, I'll read it. So, Bullet Train was meant to be more an earnest action movie, but Smugness won out in the end, and it does all too often. Bullet Train is an ugly testament to filmmaker vanity, an exercise in homage that plays like a mere cheap invitation. What do you mean? What do you mean? (laughs) Like, if you think that Bullet Train is ugly, I'm confused, you know, like I'm it's so such a well shot movie. And I think it is earnest. It does have some really, like, you know, it does take its time to do like character moments. But like, you know, 
it does have a very playful tone. And I think that I'd rather take a film that is completely playful than a film that tries to win Oscars and also wants to be a, a comedy, you know? Like I find that in a lot of modern blockbusters and, I, and it really annoys me. I just don't understand why people don't like it. If you're listening and you haven't seen it, we've just spoiled everything for you. I'm really sorry, but watch it, please. It is amazing and such a better use of your time than it The is, Grey Man. It is a wonderful film. What are you going to give Bullet Train out of 10? Oh, a nine or a ten because it's so good. Ooh. But I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say a nine. I'm gonna say a nine. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say eight. I agree. It's just. It's so good. And yeah. So thank you everybody for listening. If you liked it, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe if you want to see more. We did the Gray Man last week, so if you want to hear us complain about that, you can. And oh next boy. week we're and next week we're going to be doing Rogue One in the lead up to Andor. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Alstein Film Pod. And you can send us an email. Tell us your thoughts on Bullet Train, on The Grey Man, on, on anything. Ask us questions and we will reply to them right here on AlsteinFilmPod at gmail.com. All right. And we thoroughly enjoyed talking about Bullet Train. It is one of the best films this year and I loved it. It was such a fun film and it's far better than The Grey Man, as you said. It is. It's just a complete mess. But if you have the time to go and see Bullet Train, it is so good so yeah yeah thank you for listening right i think that's everything <clears throat> absolutely uh, oh take care and be good right take what you're giving give nothing back goodbye goodbye